conversations that matter to you. We need proper representation. Time for Fridays with Fry. With Russell Fry on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Yes, Fridays and Fry, Russell Fry in studio. In st- you know, it's been a while. I know. I mean, normally, well, the last couple of weeks we've been up there. We were, you know, we had our schedules like given to us like a, a, a year in advance, right? So you know when you're going to be in district doing your meetings in district. You know when mm-hmm. you're going to be up there. The last month, I think I've spent like more, I think I've spent like two days in my own bed. <laughs> it's like crazy. So yeah, no, we, the last couple of weeks we've had to do it, or the last couple of trips we've had to do it on the phone from DC. So it's good to be home. Yeah, it is. It's good to see you in person. Now the the first thing that everybody has to ask, there was a little something something going on, and something something with a new speaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give us the inside skinny from your perspective. Yeah. So <clears throat> look, I, I I did not agree with the vacate. I don't think you change your coach in the middle of a game. Um, and n- there's never been a committee chairman, subcommittee chairman, majority leader, speaker that I've ever served under in the state house or here that I agree with 100 percent of the time. And mm-hmm. if you're looking for perfection, you're not going to find it. Right. Um, and so I didn't agree with it because I don't agree with letting Democrats dictate who we pick mm-hmm. or don't pick. And um, it's a member led conference. The rules allow it to be member led. Uh, but we are where we are. And we go we fast forward to this week and there are. A number of we have at this point Majority Leader Steve Scalise, who's a wonderful man, could not make it. Jim Jordan, who I enthusiastically supported and helped, you know, try to whip for, um, he could not make it to two seventeen. And so this week we had like ten candidates, and you know, good um, people were kind of throwing their hat in the ring just to see if they could get it um, or if we could select a speaker. And out of the ten, I'd say there were probably three that I thought were real. And when I say real, three people that I thought could not only get a majority of the conference, but get to 217 on the floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Johnson was one of those. And he's a great man. He's uh, a solid conservative. His votes are that way. If you watch him operate, he's my subcommittee chairman on judiciary. He's just a, uh, you know, he's a, he's a great lawyer, got a great legal mind, and he understands the messaging component. You're not going to trap him very easily. Um, uh, he's not going to say something that's going to embarrass you, uh, we hope, anyway. but uh, he's, We're human, after all. <laughs> we are human, and it's been a long, weird week. Um, you know, so <clears throat> we get to a conference this week, and we have these series of votes. You have to get a majority in conference to be the nominee. And so there's all these people running. And so every ballot, they take the person that has the least amount of votes and knock them off. Like, mm-hmm. if you get five votes, you're not running anymore. You're gone. And the question is, where do those five votes go? And then you have another ballot. So when somebody gets a majority, they become the nominee of the conference. That's how it works. And then you theoretically take it to the floor. <clears throat> the problem with that approach is that when we take a nominee to the floor, they don't always make it. We remember McCarthy in early January. We remember Jim Jordan three times last week that mm-hmm. he could not get to 217. All right. And so Mike Johnson had a validating vote in conference. He asked for, under our rules, uh, he asked for a validating vote, and everybody to a T stood up. We had a few people missing, but everyone to a T stood up and said that they would support him on the floor. Can I a little side note? Why were those people missing? Just family matters. Well, it was it was it was it was late. Uh, people had family matters, and they weren't missing from the floor. They were just missing at that point. It was like close to midnight, and okay. so the vote had happened. He was the nominee. People probably left. Like I'm going to support him on the floor, so I don't need to be here any longer, and mm-hmm. they just left. So. 
We go to the floor the next day and we select Mike Johnson to be the 56th Speaker of the House of Representatives. Uh, it is the first time since 2011 that a Republican Speaker nominee has received 100% of the votes on the floor to become Speaker. Uh, and so we kicked off a uh, resolution supporting our ally in the Middle East, Israel. Um, there were 10 or 11 Democrats that voted no. There were a few that didn't show up to vote, uh, your typical squad members. And then yesterday we passed an appropriations bill, um, kind of energy and water uh, agency-related bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, conservative bill uh, passed, I think, 210 to 199 on party lines. So we are back to work. The House is open. It is good to have a speaker in the chair. Uh, it is good to get back to our regular work, and uh, we've got a lot of ground to make up. Uh, we, I want to go back to a little bit, only because it's been all over, and I'm not asking you to publicly you know, call anybody out, but how do you feel about Matt Gates, the representative from Florida, on his viewpoint that McCarthy was really behind all of these problems in the last week or so, not getting to Scalise, not getting to Jordan, and then surprising everybody with a relatively unknown, kind of not a TV guy, if you will, you know, this Johnson guy who would, a lot of people were like, oh, who's this guy again? So do you agree that McCarthy had that little bit of a snaky thing going on? That was Matt Gates's opinion. I'm sure you saw it. Yeah, I, I think I think what, what I'll say to that is I, I think that there are um, – I think that there are people who were in still shell-shocked that we had taken out a Republican speaker. And Mm -hmm. I think that there were individuals who were kind of uh, nostalgic for a McCarthy return. Um, You know, at this point, we had knocked off like three or four people um, who got maybe the nomination within the conference but couldn't get to 217. I'm surprised by Jordan. I really thought yeah, he'd get it. Yeah, I am I too. really thought he'd get I, it. I am too. And I think, you know, I mean, uh, it's – it's uh, but but I'm, I'm happy where we're at. And I think the American people should be happy where we're at. What I think is people just felt and, – and it was incredibly frustrating internally. You know, we're getting – I'm hearing from people who are center-right and who are MAGA. Uh, and they're kind of saying the same thing, like get your – stuff together and get a speaker like man like get get it together so i think there's that pressure uh when we're up there and you're dealing with um you know when you're selecting somebody sometimes it's a personality dispute i mean jordan i mean that was the the craziest thing to me and there were people who were just never going to vote for jim jordan which i i mean i love the guy he's my chairman he's such a phenomenal conservative he can message things incredibly well i think he just because he is a strong personality he just rubs certain people the wrong way right that's all it is you think yeah probably Mm -hmm. um and so uh but you know what it is that that is behind us thankfully we have a good republican speaker he is a strong conservative and um, he's adept now he's got some ground to make up um Mm -hmm. we are behind uh from a fundraising perspective that matters in some of these seats that Biden won. We have 18 members of Congress who are Republicans that are in seats that Biden carried. Um, so we've got a lot of ground to make up. We have a very narrow majority. And so it's going to take all of us. I mean, it's not just big dollars. It's small dollars, medium dollars. It just takes all of that to kind of get things back on track. Plus, we're behind on the legislative work that we need to do. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though. We're not – I mean, we're ahead of the Senate. Uh, we've, we have sent them at this point five appropriations bills. They have yet to take up a single one. I did read that. 
And what is the deal there? Do you know why? By the way, we're speaking well, with Ch- Russell Fry. He is our representative in the uh, U.S. House of Congress. Because my belief is that Chuck Schumer wants to jam us. I think why? He, because he gets an omnibus, and he gets what he wants in an omnibus. And so you jam people uh, mm. when you don't take up their stuff. But I think, look, we're, we're getting back on track. It's time to get to work, and we're doing our work. Mm-hmm. The Senate needs to do theirs. And um, I think that's the, the what I would – tell your listeners is that's the pressure that we need to apply to them. They need to do their job. If if the American people are done with these omnibuses, they understand kind of where we are. We got a potential shutdown in like, I don't know, 15 days or so. Um, they understand where we are, but they want the fiscal course in Washington to change. They want the practices to change. They don't want endless omnibuses or minibuses. They don't want that anymore because we conservatives just get rolled. You end up spending things. You can't look at it. You get jammed with this, I don't know, thousand page bill that you've got to vote on with 72 hours to read it. Here's the thing. If I dedicated every single one of my staffers to read that whole bill, it's still not enough time. Like, that's just crazy when you think about it. And by design sometimes. By design. People are done with that. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're going to do our work. Uh, we're going to put the pressure back on the Senate where it needs to be. I mean, they're, they're, they're over there passing resolutions honoring maple syrup day or whatever it is. And, and we're actually doing real work. It's ridiculous. That That's kind of the tale of two things. They can't get their stuff together, but all the media says is, Oh, Republican dysfunction. Well, BS, like let them do their work. We're getting back to regular order. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I agree with you. Uh, some of the questions that we've been receiving on the Showtime Autoglass text line, what does this mean for the investigation into the Biden crime syndicate? We've seen James Comer come out, the new revelation about the check. They said mm-hmm. it was a loan. No, it wasn't because where's the other check? So we kind of know that's nonsense. And the FBI revealing 40 separate sources over the course of many years that have that know all about this crime syndicate, and that's really what it is. Correct. And here we sit. So where is the investigation sitting now? Great question. So Chairman Comer of Oversight had that $200,000 loan. That's what's, what's interesting about that <clears throat> is we have sent letters out at this point based on that mm-hmm. now to the IRS. Was this – look, if, if, you give, if I give you a loan and I write off the interest, that's a taxable benefit to you, mm-hmm. which means it must be claimed on your IRS form. Um, and so question is, was it, was it claimed? I don't think that it probably was, but we'll see. Um, I think that's picking up. We had a great meeting with judiciary yesterday, kind of in-house, uh, kind of what's coming up. We've got FISA coming up. We've got these investigations. We've got Mr. Weiss coming in for a transcribed interview, I think on November 7th. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'll be attending that. And that's just kind of like a deposition, uh, where lawyers will ask questions about you know the practices. Mr. Weiss, of course, is the Delaware U.S. attorney that uh, was um, impeding in the investigation. If you uh, listen to the IRS whistleblowers, but yes. everything that we've seen so far, I think, continues to 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 show that not only was the Biden family, including Biden himself, engaged in these kind of pay for play schemes, but that the FBI probably the biggest culprit, was engaged in a cover-up. I mean, we saw the Grassley stuff just this week, right? Where, That's what I was where you've got yeah. Where you've got all these people who are knowledgeable about what was going on, but nothing is done. Um, I think Leslie Wolf, who's a U.S. attorney under Weiss, uh, she's got some answering to do. Um, I talked to the chairman about that yesterday. They're trying to get a time for her to come in. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we're we're we are back on the track with those investigations. Those inquiries will continue. So that didn't get thrown in the back. Correct. Thrown. Okay. Great. That's the other. Okay. The, one of the uh, things that's been a concern. There has been a growing. It's like going in the opposite direction. For a while, everything was rah, 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 Ukraine, and now it's kind of like, wait a minute. Right. What's going on here? Where do you stand or where do you feel that the majority of Republicans stand in the House when it comes to sending this unlimited cash supply to Ukraine, now possibly yeah. Israel, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, so there's some website out there called republicansforukraine.com, right? I've uh, never heard. Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, and they rate members of Congress on how pro-Ukraine they are. And and you? I have a failing grade. Awesome! Um, Where's the bell? Somebody ding the bell. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. So, Thank you, Russell. Um, listen, I, I, I've said this. Um, I think Ukraine has a right to defend itself. I think Russia is the aggressor here, and I hope that they lose. Where I, My hang-up is this. They are not a NATO ally. They are not a traditional ally in general. We don't understand the scope of our engagement. We don't understand the scope of what we're going to do. We don't understand where the money is going when we send it there. There's not a true accounting of what has gone on. We have not heard, look, the Constitution is very clear, and I think the framers were, were brilliant when they formed it, is that you have co-equal branches of government, the check, and that they must kind of work together. Mm-hmm. The administration has not really provided Congress with, with kind of a status update. I think that's that's not good. I think that's that's kind of anti what the framers intended. That's putting it politely. Yeah, I mean, it is. I I think Europe has a larger role here. I think that, uh, and again, like if, if, if things, if, if it is such a valiant cause, if it is indeed going to be a valiant cause that we should support, the president owes it not only to the Congress, but to the American people to talk about that and what that looks like and what a victory might look like or what our objectives are Right now, we kind of seem to be throwing money into an never-ending pit, and I think people are done with it. They're just done with that. I mean, Israel is 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 a different matter, but people understand that Israel's been our ally forever. We support Israel. I mean, they support us. We mm-hmm. we do. I mean, they are a democracy in the Middle East. Um, there's a lot of reasons why we would be more engaged, uh, and I think the Republicans and really anybody would be more engaged in um, in Israel's issue as opposed to Ukraine. Where I'm really frustrated is that the administration doesn't seem to understand what the American people want. They want separate votes on these issues. Do not jam us uh, with this omnibus, you know, supplemental package, billions and billions of dollars, without explaining where we're going with it, without explaining what we're doing with it, and taking two things that should not be commingled and mixed and throw them together in one package. People do not want it, and I will not support it. I agree with you, and I think you just laid it out perfectly, Russell Fry. Uh, there is a lot of, I would think, support for someone like Israel as opposed to we don't even know what's going on in Ukraine, Correct. but yet we've got a mass amount of money. Again, with the latest thing that, that Biden was, was uh, what was it, 100 more for 100 million or is it billion? Billion. Billion with a B for Ukraine. And it was 14 billion for Israel. Yeah. And we're like, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That seems a little off. It's 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 so it's 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 so it's it's crazy. And they're throwing border security in there under the term border security, but it's really like migrant hotel rooms, right? Like yes. that's what they're funding. They're not actually funding the real things that get the job done. And you know what? If it doesn't pass the smell test, it's and it's a load of BS, I'm not gonna support it. Well, good. And I'm glad all of us are glad to hear you say that. It seems like we're all on the same page. It seems like we, all of us, think, and I can tell you this, from the Showtime Autoglass text line, a lot of people are very happy that uh, we sent you there. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to represent this area to be your voice. I mean, it's there's a lot of moving parts, but we do we do our best to try to make sure that we understand every little aspect of what we're doing because that's that matters. It still matters. Yeah, and the fact that you have concerns and that you got an F grade in Ukraine for funding. Oh, this is beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Russell Fry. We'll come back. We've got more. We've got to. I got a, like a house full of people, so stand by, including. We'll hear from Andy Hazel, get our market update next.